Um, well, g'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Drones for Good podcast, um, World of Drones and Robotics Congress Special Edition. Um, today, we're uh, and over the next couple of months, we're talking to a bunch of people uh, that are going to be presenting at the World of Drones and Robotics Conference to be held up here in sunny Queensland in Brisbane over 12, 13 November. Um, it's going to be a fantastic event, and, uh, and I want to introduce uh, some people to you. Today, um, I've got Nikki Russell here from XAP Tech. How are you, Nikki? Going all right? I'm very well, thank you, Andrew. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm really excited. So Nikki's our, uh, our technically our first guest um, for this little podcast series. This is going to make up um, season two of the Drones for Good podcast um, in conjunction with the World of Drones Congress, uh, of which Mirrigan Unmanned Systems is the major sponsor. Um, now, first of all, Nikki, we're doing this virtually. We're doing it over Zoom, so hopefully this all works all right. Uh, you're based in Melbourne. I am indeed, yes. And how's... Uh, How's everything going down there? How how are you how are you going with the uh, with the COVID situation? Are you staying healthy? Um, I'm I'm fine, thank you very much. I live on the outskirts of Melbourne in a little place called Sassafras. It's on Mount Dandenong, so beautiful out in the nature. Um, I've been here for the last uh, I would say six or eight weeks, really leaving home just to do shopping and stuff. Um, definitely not going to my office. So you know we've had to make adjustments, but. Um, you know, I think this is a team. This is a team effort. Um, if we're all doing it, then we'll get the numbers down. If we don't, well, then the numbers are going back up again. So, and I think we've sort of seen that, haven't we? We're seeing the numbers drop from you know seven, eight hundred down to you know to tens of tens of tens, which is um, which is fantastic. And you know, I think that everyone knows this in Melbourne already, but the whole of Australia is kind of behind you and and rooting for you. And um, you know, hopefully, we're all back together at some point in the in the near future. Thank you very much. I appreciate the sentiment. I mean, it, it's actually, you know, if you look at us in Melbourne, we can't believe we actually live in the same country. I see things, <laughs> friends up in Brisbane going to the beach. And I, I just actually, it's surreal to just, to be honest. Yeah, I think um, I think all of us up here up here in the north kind of feel bad and and don't want to post too much on Facebook because of our friends down in Melbourne. So we'll, we'll <laughs> oh, please give off. me a break. Live your life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the wheel can turn. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Hey, Nikki. Um, so today I want to do two things. I, I want to obviously talk about uh, your background and Nexap Tech, uh, your business, etc. And I want to talk about World of Drones in a bit of detail as well. But um, it would be remiss of me not to kind of start with you, I guess, and and your background. So can you tell me a bit about you, or I hear a bit of a hint of a, uh, an accent there as well. Can, can you give me a bit of intro in, yeah, in your background? Sure, Andrew. Um, well, the little bit of a hint of a, which I think is, you know, I'm, I'm very Australian. I'm actually South African. So I have lived here for about uh, 25 years now, hard to believe. I suppose a part of the accent that I still have is that I speak Afrikaans at home. So I, I think oh, that's wow. keeps, yeah, that keeps up the accent a little bit. If you're hearing a cockatiel in the background, you're actually <laughs> literally hearing a cockatiel and that's my bird that's chipping in as well. So apologies for that. It's all right. You mentioned um, about nature, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. So, in, in the study. Um, yeah, so um, my, my late husband, Anton, and I immigrated to Australia about uh, 25 years ago. And um, Exaptec, which is an acronym for Extreme Application Technology, um, I was just laughing the other day and saying to someone, had I known it was going to be such a tongue twister, we would have just called it ABC <laughs> Robots and that would have been it. But anyway, my husband was a man with um, intricacies. And... Um, Exaptic was actually born out of another company, an agile consultancy business that we had in Melbourne. Um, and we were doing workplace happiness conferences. And one of the, the days that we had, we were looking for some technology to showcase and, and get people to attend 
um, you know, not in the normal fashion of Skype, etc. And we came across the double robot. Uh, we bought it and it was such a great success. We promptly bought 15 more. And um, that's, that's literally actually how the company started. And Anton woke up one fine day and said to me, um, moi was not a technical bone in her body that I am now the owner of Exaptic and it's a robotics company and off you go. So I can see you laughing. I, I pretty much had that same sort of <laughs> radio. <laughs> Isn't that sweet and nice? So <laughs> off I went. And uh, yeah, that's five and a half years ago. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And so something we talk about a lot um, at Merrigan and within our, within our industry of drones more broadly is um, people need to focus on the problem. So that they need to find a problem they want to solve, not just build solutions for the sake of building solutions. And the term we tend to use is problem-centric solutions, not solution-centric solutions. So can you talk to me a little bit about um, the problem you're looking to solve and, and, and how you're solving that as an organisation? Oh, definitely. Look, so the first thing that we were trying to solve in the, the, the conference that we held is how can we bring um, other attendees to enjoy the day and they were independently moving around. So, you know, you do have Cisco systems up there, but it's it's normally mounted to a wall and no one can move around. With these telepresence robots, people actually have the ability to um, independently move around. So via the internet. Um, so if I talk about telepresence, it's literally... It's an iPad on a stick on a wheel, just for our audience that may not be familiar with the concept. And um, we had people dialing in from New Zealand and an attendee from America, and they were whizzing around the Melbourne, um, the hall that we rented from Melbourne Uni, and they were whizzing around and talking to people completely independently without us. So, you know, going from that into the market that we're servicing today, um, people with disabilities, quadrupedics. You know, one of the case studies that uh, that we serviced was a guy had a car accident and part of the insurance settlement was um, he got a telepresence robot and he was running his, his business from home. And, and while he was actually here rehabilitating and getting, you know, um, used to a new way of living, if I could put it like that. He had a telepresence robot in his office and he was managing his business from there. You know, and I, I look at it and I go, conceivably, if he didn't have that, you know, he may have had to close his business. Yeah, and um, you mentioned the the robot on, on wheels or, or the, the the iPad, the stick in the wheels. And um, you know, I've got your website in front of me. Funny enough, it's it's exaptec exaptech.com.au. And um, these things look pretty real. They they actually look like you know they look like robots. Is is there an intent there to kind of humanise the use of robots as well, or um, was that kind of just by design and kind of occurred? Look, it, it, I think it was by design and it sort of just a natural osmosis as well. You know, I talk about, a lot about robots wherever I go. And my, my first starting point is like you don't actually have to be that scared of these robots, certainly not the robots that I'm dealing with. You know, like I, I don't think they're going to take your job anytime soon. In fact, I know that. Um, they're actually here to augment, to work with you, um, you know, so that you've, you've got something that you can rely on a piece of technology when you stuck somewhere. So it's, it's really now with COVID, I have to say, um, the use of robots all over the world, not just my robots, you know, sterilization robots, these sort of robots have really just shot into prominence and being utilized. So the telepresence robots in particular, 
doctors and are utilizing them in, in um, hospitals in Australia. So they don't have to don all the personal protective equipment, layers and layers upon clothing that they need to just go and see a patient. They can actually drive in. No one needs to help them. They can go and talk to the patient, get a sense of what's going on. Now, I'm not for one moment suggesting this replaces the doctor and they're not using yes. it like that anyway. It's, it's something, an extra layer that they can they've got eyes on the patient to see okay let me have a look at you we can have a face-to-face -face discussion and then you can leave the room again and this is not just in australia you know it's been used all over aged care facilities um people with disabilities as i said you know these, these sort of robots are now being it's commonplace to be using them and so it seems, um, you know, and you mentioned earlier that there, there is at times people are concerned. They think the robots are either going to take over the world or take all the jobs. Um, you know, what I think you explained then was that it's more of a supplement or an enhancement to an existing sort of capability, human capability, um, and effectively doing smarter and safer as opposed to doing harder and, and less safe. Very eloquently put, Andrew. Look, I'm not suggesting for one moment as well that some some automation isn't going to take jobs. Like we, we know that is going to happen. But, you know, like I think people can see, you know, we can see a trend forming there. We know we've got warning. If you're in an industry where you think you're going to be affected, you know, go and upskill, go and learn something else. This is not, you're not just going to wake up tomorrow morning and suddenly your job isn't there. It, it doesn't work that way. You know, like I think technology does give us a little bit of a warning to say um, you need to go and do other things. Yeah, makes a bit of sense. Um, and so, you know, from, from a robotic perspective, and I'm sort of having a look at through your um, your website as well, so these aren't only telepresence robots, there's other type of robots as well that you use? Yes, definitely. So we specialise in telepresence, social and educational robots is um, normally my little tagline that I start with. And um, you'll see under the telepresence, we've got about seven or eight models, the different models that we work with. Of course, I've got a few favourites that stand out, but I do... I do stock and supply all seven there. Um, social robots fall under like the Sandbot, um, really interesting little robot. You know, it can dance, it can play music, um, very engaging. I use it at a lot of conferences. People usually, um, they rent these robots from me. And um, the QT that's just landed in Australia is a little robot that specialises with kids with autism. A mm. specifically designed, it's got a syllabus um, that's been designed by a physiotherapist and an autism specialist. It was designed by a team of doctors in Luxembourg. And, um, yeah, just as COVID hit, I brought QT into Australia and I was going to go to a couple of conferences to introduce it to the market. But, of course, um, you know, that hasn't happened. So it's been a little bit of a, a delayed start for us with her, but certainly a, a phenomenal piece of technology for kids to work with. Yeah, that's amazing. And the, yeah. the, the telepresence robots, can you give us an idea what sort of industries are picking them up uh, more so than others? And and maybe if you could talk to potentially some emerging industries or, or opportunities? Yeah, look, I mean, it's across all verticals in Australia. Like I've, I've got government officials, I've got universities, I've got schools, um, I've just got businesses um, that are using, especially the TEMI because of its superior capabilities using her as a receptionist during lunchtime where they would have an in-person or person um, staffing, which is gone for lunch. So the team handles the reception. Um, you know, they, there's anywhere that you actually, you need to be, that, that you can't be there in person, you could be using this technology. And, you know, especially now with COVID and our social distancing and, um, you know, I, I think these robots are going to really 
being start being commonplace. I, I must mention, you know, the robotics uptake in Australia has been very, um, it's been a slow journey for us. You know, even still now, when I talk about what sort of work I do, you know, I, I, I generally have to explain what a telepresence robot is. And I don't, you know, it's not a problem for me, but it's just because it's not that commonplace yet. But I do, I do foresee a time, um, you know, maybe in the next five years where, where more and more people are going to adopt robotics, whether it's your Roomba Hoover in your house or, um, you know, people already know about Flippy the Pancake Maker. They know about the ice cream store in Federation Square. So I think this sort of socialisation is going to become more that people go, oh, you know, robots are actually here. They, they're here to stay. Yeah, and we've had a we've had a little bit in, in involvement in that around um, unmanned systems and, and unmanned system delivery and drone delivery and stuff like that. And um, you know, I, I'm not sure how far down the track we're going to see people, you know, dropping Amazon packages via the air. But um, you're right; it's it's about um, so yeah, socialising these technologies and getting people used to them. You know, at the moment everyone hates things or doesn't like things because they're they're not used to it and it, it's uncomfortable at the moment. And I think you're right; the more that we um, implement these and use them, the more comfortable people are going to become, and more the industry will grow. Well, look, I think it's a it's a dual process for us. We need to educate people. This is a piece of technology that you just have to get familiar with. This is what you can do with it. Like these are the limitations. Okay, and this is what's really, you know, everything's got a good and a bad point. And all the all these robots have got limitations. You know, they they they're not going to be cleaning your house. There are lots of robots that can do cleaning, but they it's not in one person yet, or like one robot that's going to come in and it's going to make your bed. It's going to go into the the kitchen and it's going to know which coffee to take down from the shelf and pour your cup. That sophistication isn't there yet. And mm. I hazard guess it's going to take many, many years because why would you be investing money on this sort of stuff? You know, what problem are you trying to solve here? People can make their own coffee. <laughs> but sterilization en masse, people can't do that. You know, that's really, that's a very fine piece of technology that they put into use now that um, these sterilization robots can go into hospitals and in a fraction of the time they can sterilize the hospitals. Big halls, um, you know, airports, um, any places where people congregate en masse, um, obviously the people aren't there when the sterilization is happening. Let me just point that out to the audience. But, um, you know, you're cleaning en masse. Like, people can't do that. We're not capable. And it's, you know, dirty, dangerous, monotonous jobs. Why would you want mm. human beings doing that? We're creative human beings. And, and it's funny, um, you know, we talk about unmanned systems and I guess um, – in a purest sense, that this would be classified as an unmanned system of some description. And we always talk about the implementation of unmanned systems across dull, dirty and dangerous roles, you know, where yeah. we want to either, as you said, take the monotony out or take the person out of the loop so that, you know, the, the, the human may still remain on the loop, that just isn't in the loop. You know, we take them out of the, the dangerous situation. Um, and I think it's, you know, that, that's a perfect example of it. I, I can make my own cup of tea. It's, it's fine. It's not a, yeah. really a dull, dirty or dangerous job. Yeah. Um, but you're right, putting people... Into, into areas where we don't need to put humans into, um, it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, if you look at rob um, rubbish disposal now in hospitals, I think there's three or four hospitals that are actually in, already employing this, that they, they've got automated systems that are collecting rubbish, like dirty linen, needles and, and stuff like that. Why would you want your nurses doing that? I mean, mm. you know, conceivably an orderly could do that, but the orderly could put to be different use, you know, mm. like that's really, that's, that's just not really nice work in my opinion, mm. but um, yeah. Yeah, work um, work smarter and safer. Um, That's it. 
can I, it'd be remiss of me not to ask the question around security. So, so all the information's being gathered, you know, the, um, the, the data links and the networks and stuff. Can you talk to the security aspect at all about some of this stuff briefly? Yeah, sure. Look, very little information is actually stored on the telepresence um, robots themselves. Um, everything's got a password. It's all password encrypted. Um, whatever information is stored up in the cloud, like I don't um, know, like I'd have to probably get back to you on exactly what goes on there, but it is oh. all encrypted, yeah. And actually, Temi has just had like a massive um, security audit or uh, by McPhee and um, they actually did point out three or four things that was an issue I think this was in July and uh, Temi Robo Temi the company and McPhee actually worked together to get it sorted out very quickly and the, the company McPhee was actually very complimentary about them they said look they they haven't actually worked with a company who was who was that um you know, enthusiastic to get their problem sorted out immediately, which I think is a testament to the company because they want to say a product out there that you know um, your stuff's secure. Whatever little bit of information is on these telepresence devices, it's secure. Yeah, brilliant. Um, cost effectiveness. So, um, you know, are these things costing a million dollars a system? We don't need to talk specifics about costing, obviously, but are you seeing a return on investment um, with some of these investment decisions? Oh, definitely. Look, I've got a um, – I won't – into specifics, but I've got a client up in Brisbane who is all over the world. And he was saying to me, he travels in, he dials in from a bus in London and he speaks to his team. You know, like that sort of technology, I, I sort of equate it to, if you're, if you're a frequent traveler, it's probably one or two airplane tickets a month and you pay mm -hmm. for the device. It's really, it is that affordable. Um, it's very easy to use. You unpack it out of the box and it's basically, you've got a set of instructions and it's an off you go. And and actually, I've just actually rented out one of my double robots to a client that uh, with COVID, his best man couldn't attend his wedding. So he did it actually via the double. <laughs> I'm waiting for the photos. I'll, I'll put them on my website when I get them. But yep, his, his best man attended um, the wedding via double. So I, I just think it's so cool. You know, you're there, he was chatting to everyone. No one was beholden to carrying a computer around on iPhone and going, oh, yeah, talk, talk to Um he was driving around, navigating, and uh, uh, from all accounts, having an absolute ball. That's awesome. Talk about the, the COVID-19 new norm. That's, that's yes. the new norm now when you don't want to travel yeah. to someone's wedding. You can just be there in, uh, in, in, uh, in virtual presence. That's awesome. Well, you know, they actually they use these in funerals as well. I haven't actually had a client in, in that sort of, but I, I believe they, they do rent them out to, for funerals as well overseas. So, you know... Um, I think, again, it's the adoption rate. You know, what do people think is okay? You know, would we at an Australian funeral think it's okay that someone comes in via telepresence? Um, you know, my thoughts would be, well, I'm attending. I'm, I'm making, I, I can't be in there in person. So I found another way to be here and to be able to come and pay my respects. But, you know, it's, it's not, you know, people could have different views. So I guess, um, I guess to kind of to summarise some of that is that if you've got a, a situation where you need a uh, number of people to be in the same room together, you know, we don't need to be there physically anymore, um, you, you also don't need to go and buy these systems. You could just rent them for a shorter period of time for specific strategic conferences or, um, you know, planning sessions, et cetera. Um, so we're saving money on travel. We're staying safe. You know, we may have people that can't travel due to illness, sickness or whatever. Um, okay. It seems like it sort of ticks all the boxes. Yeah, definitely. You know, and Andrew, you know, just touching on the education aspect that I do, you know, I, I, mm. once people sort of rent my robots, then the inevitable question sort of flows with it. I'd, you know, would you be available to come and talk about it? And, um, you know, not having a technical background, maybe 
actually works in my favor because I just look at these these um, devices and I go, look how look how life changing it has been for some of my clients. What's happened here? You know, one of my first clients in Melbourne was a child that had a compromised immune system and couldn't go to school at all, and they bought one of these telepresence robots, and the child was going to school via telepresence. Now, okay, obviously that academics is super important. No one can can argue about that, but the the beauty of it is being connected to your friends you know and that's important you know how do you get better you know you you see love and support from your from friends family and um he certainly felt that with his chili present i mean besides being the coolest kid in class you know um <laughs> dialing in with his, his chili presence robot and uh, I do want to talk about the STEM aspect. You know, we part of the reason that Murigan is, is a major sponsor or the major sponsor of World of Drones and Robotics Conference is the STEM outreach and the STEM aspect of it. Um, and, and looking at your website, you know, I can't wait till my kids are old enough that I can start buying some of this stuff for them so I can play with it. Um, <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about, you know, ages or, or when when do people start to get into this? You know, how, how do we use them, et cetera, et cetera? Sure. Yeah, look, I, I think it's um, these these little kids, I guess it's, it depends on the parents. How comfortable are they with the kids? Like I always think everything that kids get, it comes from the parents' inquisitive and, and willingness to just go, listen, let's go out there and let's just buy this kitchen see that we can do. And I certainly encourage parents of boys and girls to buy these kids. <laughs> um, you know, there's no there's no sex, um, you know, preference about it. Kids can build, all kids love building anyway. And um so they, they do go age-wise and, as you, of course, as the age goes up and also your capabilities, but it's not to say that, like, a seven-year-old isn't capable of building a 15-year-old because some kids are, you know, they're very advanced and they're very smart. And um, what we also do at Exapting is we do some professional development with teachers just to – we give them a kit to build. We, we pair them off and go, okay, go and solve this problem. And I think, especially in, in Melbourne, you know, coding and this sort of thing, this is sort of a – um, for some of the older teachers, this could be very intimidating. And and our view on this is, look, we want to expose you to coding. This is not necessary that you're going to be teach, teaching coding, but at least you know about it. At least you've experienced it in a safe, friendly, um, great, fun environment. Everyone's just having, and it's a, it's a professional development day. So um, that's something that we offer as well. Yeah, I'd encourage our listeners to um, to jump online and have a look. I'm looking at the MBOT Ranger and the MBOT, and um, they're definitely two that are coming home with me at some stage. And the Robo Builder RQ looks um, <laughs> looks pretty awesome as well. It seems like a pretty good range you've got there. Thank you. Hey, well, let's um, let's shift gears slightly and let's talk a little bit about the World of Drones and Robotics Conference, um, which I've sort of mentioned five or six times already now. Now, the World of Drones and Robotics Conference, it's uh, based in, in Brisbane in Queensland. It's going to be held over the 12th and 13th of November. Um, it's a great opportunity for, um, you know, not only operators and, and people around the drone industry, but also the robotic industry to get together. It's probably going to be one of the only conferences we get to do face-to-face -face for Queenslanders anyway. Um, this year, it's, it's a massive drone conference. Um, so firstly, Nikki, can you tell me what you're going to be talking about and, and sort of your involvement? Yeah, sure. So I've, I've got a very small speaking engagement. I'm one of the sponsors there as well. So um, I'm going to have some of my telepresence robots up there, the Beam, the T, um, 
the Temi, the QT robot is going to be there. And um, we're hoping that for people that can't actually attend the, the conference in person, that there's an opportunity there for them to actually drive around with my telepresence robots and actually, you know, chat to some of the, the storeholders and people that such as yourself is going to be there. So you can actually have a bit of a face-to-face -face meeting. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That's unreal. So, yeah, so I think my talk is basically going to be about social social and educational telepresence robots on the market today, what you can find, uh, the adoption rate worldwide, you know, what sort of people are, who's the, the which country in the world's got the highest adoption rate, uh, where is Australia in the adoption rate, we're not very high, I'm afraid to say, Um I'll probably throw in the, the Robotics Roadmap 2020 edition in there because uh, I was involved in that as well. And I just think it's a, a masterful piece of work that Dr. Sue Kay um, has spearheaded. And, um, yeah, I think probably in 10 minutes or 10, 15 minutes, that's all I'm going to be able to do. And I'll be on a panel there as well. Awesome. Um, so can you, can you talk to our listeners about why they should attend? You know, why should they bother to come along to the World of Drones and Robotics Conference this year, do you think? Oh, listen. Um, I think even if this is not your area of expertise, you need to know about what's going on in the world around you. And um, I'm, I'm, I always laugh and I go, if I hadn't gone into telepresence, I think drones would have been, and that would have been an excellent range. But I think the market is is holding its own, and and there are lots of drone specialists out there. Look, I think it's fascinating the work that you're doing with drones, and and just firsthand coming then, and whether you invest in a little drone for your kids as well. Uh, being mindful of all the rules and regulations around drone frying. Um, just even just to come and listen to those sort of talks there, I think it would be worth their while. And of course, this year is the first year that uh, Catherine Ball and the organisers are doing um, robotics as well. So I'm not quite sure who else is going to be there besides me with my telepresence, because telepresence, social and educational, it's a very distinct stream of robotics. You know, we're not talking about automation, cobots and, and stuff like that, which mm. is a completely different field of robotics. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and I, I think you're um, you're spot on. I even made a note there around you know people people need to know what's going on in in the world around you, even if it's not your specific you know area area of arena. And it made me think about you know even thinking back to um, the, the STEM aspect of this um, this congress as well, and, and taking your kids along, and even if it doesn't interest you because you're kind of past that point and don't really care. But, um, you know, our kids are coming through this world, and the world is going to become more digital, not less digital. And so we should be introducing this at a, at a young age. I'm assuming you'd, you'd probably sort of agree with that. Oh, look, I, th this is an absolute just a no-brainer for parents. Like if you want to have two fun days with children, I mean, watch your wallet because no doubt they're going to pester you. But uh, <laughs> with like any of these sort of conference, any tech conference like this, robotics, um, I think parents would be remiss today not taking their children. I think that's irresponsible. You know, if it's a, of course, if it's a financial constraint, that's a different story. But if you can possibly take your children and expose them to this and definitely you as a parent need to know, you know, we're talking about the generation like the 80 year olds that are not familiar with the internet now today there's no reason yep. that should be happening like we we don't have generational people that you go oh that's a generation they don't know about it we've all got our own responsibility to educate ourselves to go look i'm not an expert in this but i at least know a little bit about it i know it's out there um i can form an opinion about it and if i feel that strongly about it i can actually go and read up on about you know like the internet's a wonderful thing andrew like there's so Absolutely. many courses that about available today in robotics, um, drone building, and I mean, the fabulous work that's been done in Australia on drones. I mean, I could go on for another half an hour about that. Yeah, absolutely. No, seriously. And, uh, 
that could be a whole podcast in itself, I think. Maybe we'll see that one up for later in the year, early next year. Um, the other question I want to ask you, and, and I'm sure I already know the answer, you know, if people can't get there in person, they're based in Melbourne, they're potentially based in Sydney or they're based anywhere else in the country, should they join virtually? Definitely, without a doubt. Like, again, you'll have an opportunity via my telepresence. If this is something that interests you, you could have a bit of a whiz around the floor. Um, it's not going to be a whole day thing. It will probably be like half an hour time slots or something. But you can you can decide the three stands or five stands or which speaker you'd actually like to go and attend in person. And the telepresence can whiz around. And it's very simple instructions to dial in. There's nothing complicated about it. And for all other virtual things that they've put in place most definitely yeah i do attend I, I highly encourage and strongly encourage people to do this awesome hey nikki it's been um it's been great to have a chat this morning um a couple of things before we wrap up it, it'd be remiss of me not to mention your own podcast can you tell our listeners about your podcast if they're interested in uh, in robotics and want to hear more Oh, definitely. It's Let's Talk Robotics. And let me just warn the, the listeners out here, it's not as schlick as Andrew's here. No start in music. We just dump into it and I start off and off I go. Um, you know, this, this podcast was actually started because of the 2018 Robotics Roadmap in Australia. And I think what sort of highlighted to me is um, there's so many people out there in Australia doing robotics and we don't necessarily all know about each other. And just because of the unique position that I'm in uh, my company, I get to meet extraordinary people and I go, do you know about this person? And do you know about that person? They go, no, they don't. I go, well, let me connect you. So I've, I've sort of taken it on as a bit of a personal mission to connect as many people to each other um, in robotics as I possibly can. And every day I say to someone, have you heard of this person? They go, no, I go, you must talk to them. This is, you know, I'm not, because, you know, I get a lot of people ask me things. And um, as I said, I'm not technical. So uh, to me, I go, look, I'm not the person that you need to speak to, but I know exactly who can help you with this problem. And off I go and I refer him. So I'm think about episode seven or eight, and you're definitely going to be a guest on there, Andrew. So um, get yourself ready for that. And uh, the last guest I had was Professor Michael Milford. It was a great chat. Um, uh, like I've had very eminent guests, uh, and I've, I've like I've got about four more podcasts up my sleeve. They're ready to release as well. So definitely, we're also the host of the Melbourne Robotics Meetup Group. If I can just put a plug in for that, yeah, that's please do. Yeah, that's Melbourne based, but at the moment it's virtual, so anyone can join because I'm going to have some um, just Zoom meetings for the foreseeable future. I think just with COVID at the moment in Melbourne. Um, it's just a little bit stressed, so I'm not going to, you know, I think it's easier for people just to, to um, attend via it. And actually, I don't know whether you found this, that we've suddenly just um, adapted very easily. You know, suddenly a Zoom meeting now, this is okay. This is just normal. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's um it's certainly there's certain aspects that have come out of COVID that I hope remain. You know, my um my my son who's four, um he's interrupted pretty much every single client meeting that I had over a you know four month period. Every client's met him, and nobody cares. You know, nobody could care less. They don't bat an eyelid. So you know, hopefully, I think that's brilliant. Continues. Actually, no, it could be putting touch, putting a human touch. You go, now listen, I'm going to press a bell. When I press that bell, you walk in and you just be cute. I'm going to send <laughs> you a sale. <laughs> listen, and I will be 
be remiss if I don't also mention that I'm the co-host of the um, Melbourne Robotics Meetup, uh, Women's Robotics Group. Um, this is a newly formed meetup group with uh, Pornima Nathan, a friend of mine, um, and it's hoping to foster robotics for women in, in Melbourne. So all these, these groups have like a Brisbane arm and all over the world, but we started the Melbourne and I'll probably in the next day or so put a, a notice out on LinkedIn for that as well. And I'll get all those details off you, Nikki, and, um, and include them in the show notes so people have got them and, and know where they can go to. And I think we need to mention about your podcast, you know, just some of the guests that have been on. Dr. Sue Key, who's, um, who is an amazing, you know, um, adopter of, of robotics and pushing robotics forward. She, she's one that we, we really want to get on our podcast at the same time. And, and also even Eric Peck, who's um, CEO of Subero, who I'm a massive fan of what Subero is doing and a massive fan of what Eric's doing. So there's, there's um, and we've had him on this podcast. So there's certainly some crossover there. Um, Nikki, where can people find you or, or find more information about your company and, and what you're doing? Look, they can go to the website, exactic.com.au. There's a sales or there's an inquire button there. So if you if you want to reach out to me, but otherwise my name, Nikki, N-I-C-C-I, at exactic.com.au. You can flick me an email directly to me as well. Um, happy to have anyone on my co- podcast. Um, if I can help anyone in the robotics industry, connect people. It's a standing up on often to anyone out there in the market. Um, if, if any of my connections, if, I, if any of my connections can help you with anything, please let me know. Fantastic. Um, can I find you on LinkedIn as well? Are you around LinkedIn a little bit? I am. I'm a little awesome. bit visible on LinkedIn. I've, I've, I've post something at least once a week if I manage. I'm not that great on Facebook, I have to say. I'm boycotting Facebook. And um, <laughs> did you watch the movie The Social Dilemma, Andrew? No, I haven't. Make a note of that. Yeah, you should. Okay. Yeah, you've got small kids. Anyone with small kids, watch that movie, The Social Dilemma. It's on Netflix at the moment. And it's it's the manipulation of the algorithms in the background to keep you addicted to social media. It's actually frightening. Um, yeah. It doesn't surprise me in the slightest. No. No. Um, Nikki, thanks so much for joining us this morning all the way from Melbourne um, virtually. I'm looking forward um, on the 12th and 13th of November to connect with you via telepresence. I'll make sure that I get myself on, on the screen in front of you and we can we can have a chat <laughs> while we're in Melbourne. Thanks, um, thanks again for joining us and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Andrew. Look forward to seeing you. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks, Nikki.